Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Ghost Army podcast. Now you might say, but, but, but old man Morin, why are you so excited? The Ghost Army podcast has been around for years. Well, it has, but we're back. We're back, baby. And oh, we have got some great content coming for you. But before I get to that, it is important that I use this much enthusiasm and this much, so, so much oh, excitement and joy to, to quickly talk about the man, the myth, the legend, a man whose beard is so powerful that a little fist pops out and punches you in the eye if you get too close, a man who rides Grimlock to work, a man who could only be described as Norris-like, and yet is just like the zen buddha of bolt action i have to introduce you to the one the only patch hello brad (laughs) sorry man i couldn't help it it's just you know i got to i got to do one of those big intros and you got to do your oh god he's doing it again (laughs) that that was my that was my exciting hello brad (laughs) couldn't you tell the difference oh yeah oh yeah i could tell Mm. Yep, very mm. excited. Well I'm, I'm, well, I'm very excited, Brad. Welcome back to the Ghost Army podcast. That's right. Now, I, I think you should let me not talk for a while and tell us about our new home. Yeah, sure. Well, well how about we, we work out and we establish where we were before? That's right. Take so, us away. Obviously, the listeners of our podcast, those that who have um, joined us previously, would know that we've been a little bit light on the content for some time primarily the reason that occurred is you may be aware that our previous hosts the wwpd network have pretty much just ceased operations they put a freeze they're no longer producing content it left us without a home to host our casts it's a big deal it is so we were a little bit you know a lot going on you know most Mm -hmm. of us are most of the guys were producing children, um, and we we decided to take a little bit of just time out, play the game, refocus, and just wait for an opportunity to present itself. We never had any intention of stopping the Ghost Army podcast. We merely had a little nap. That's right. And now we've woken up. That's right, with a vengeance. So mm. we knew, we also knew a little bit in advance that WWE, PD was going to disappear, and um, for those of you who've been following another podcast I've been doing, uh, I started the the Cast Ice podcast, which is more of a, a generalist podcast um, mm-hmm. that followed in the steps of the LRDG2, uh, but... The idea, I guess, for me was always to test the waters of going solo and see how it all worked. Um, and so we just turned the Cast Dice Facebook feed um, into a, a bigger network. And so now we have a new network. It's not WWPD.net anymore. Um, that was, you know, the old network. And we do love those guys. Uh, they <laughs> hosted literally something like 300 hours of podcasting content for us. Um, 
we have a new podcast network. It's What is a Battle Podcast Network. Um, and its three main podcasts are, of course, the Ghost Army Podcast. Uh, we have Cast Dice, which is our generalist podcast. And we have a little something special that just dropped, uh, you know, literally 24 hours ago. And that is, we are also home of the official Warlord Games podcast. Now, you can find us through a variety of Facebook pages. Um, of course, the Bolt Action Alliance uh, is the is sort of the, the greater organization that is tied to the Ghost Army podcast. And uh, Cast Dice is, of course, attached to the Lando Misfit Toys slash Home of Cast Dice, C-A-S-T Dice, uh, through that Facebook page. So you can reach us either way. Um, but, hey, the more important thing is we're back. So, Patch... Why are you so excited to be back? Because I know I'm excited to be back. Yes, Brad. I'm glad you've asked me. Um, I'm excited to be back because I think that we as um, a group have have so much to share with the community. Um, so much has been happening. And I think that, you know, our focus is is to provide a really, you know, a really positive influence to the community. Um, we're really about um, just having fun. And, 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 you know, we, we've got so much enthusiasm and love for the game. Uh, we just want to share that, you know. So maybe, maybe Brad, we might just quickly talk about where the Bold Action Alliance is at, if, if you don't mind. Please, go ahead. Yeah, sure. So with the, um, you know, with WWPD sort of closing its doors, we, you would have noticed that the, uh, the Bold Action Alliance um, used to produce significant amount of articles, web-based articles, mm-hmm. um, you know, including would be painting guides and, you know, after action reports and reviews. Tactics. Well, that's, yep. yep, yep. Look, that's pretty much just been put on hold for the time being. Um, what a lot of people may not recognize or realize is that there is so much work associated with those guides. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, a few of our members have, have, you know, including myself, have put out a significant amount. Um, and what we've decided to do is just go back a little bit and there's a whole new generation of um, people coming into the game since we started doing these things. Mm-hmm. So every every week on our Bold Action Alliance Facebook page, we've been going back over the ones that we've previously done. And, and there is a surprisingly large amount of content. Um, so what we're doing is really just having some, some focus on our, our previous content, getting it back out there, and also generating content primarily through our Facebook page. Um, we, you know, look, I'm, I'm pretty old now. Excuse me, I'm pretty old now. I'm in my 40s, and um, web-based articles were always, you know, a bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it appears most people talk over the the Facebook bunch more. They 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 um, interact. They want to interact more. You know, they want to be involved, and also their attention spans are relatively short. Um, and it's not saying anything negative about people. It's just recognizing what our audience prefers and what mm. they like. That you know, we would watch our articles. For example, I'd spend oh, countless hours generating this. Uh, what I would think would be this amazing article with some fantastic um, pictures and some guides or some um, you know general interest things. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? It, it would just kind of disappear down the Facebook page to some bloke who's just put a tank together for the first time and it's, you know, grey and lifeless and it would get like 
20 times more likes and interaction than this article I've spent 10 hours on. <laughs> so, so we recognize that, um, that our audience is a little bit more, you know, um, they want to consume things quicker than perhaps um, previously. Uh, so we're trying to tailor that a little bit to to the needs of the community, and uh, therefore, if you you look at our Bold Action Alliance Facebook page, we're going to really concentrate on getting images up there, getting photos. We've got huge amounts of, um, you know, library of photos that that from our works in progress, our armies that we've put together, um, and we're just trying to put up a, a lot of interesting things and generate some discussion on that page. Yep. Um, we thought that was a good way to go, and of course the. Um, uh, the the phoenixing or the the bringing back to life of of the podcast goes with that because um, it's something that people can consume as they go about their daily lives and a lot of people like to um, you know listen to podcasts while they're painting. I personally like to listen to podcasts while I'm running or or going for my walks mm-hmm. um, or, or in the car to and from work. Uh, so yeah, we're just going to concentrate on those media uh, for a little while and um, we'll see what happens from there. What are your thoughts on that, Brad? Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. A lot of people asked me um, when I started Cast Dice if I had quit the Gap or quit the Bolt Action Alliance. Um, and I guess to a degree um, I had, um, but that was not, I mean, clearly having you on um, and, you know, and Seamus, and I think Casey as well. Um, and I, I know Brian's talked about coming on. It's just been one of those things that like. It was never uh, an animosity thing. It was just a, we were going different particular places yeah. at different times and everyone had families that were putting together and I was finishing my master's and trying to survive the end of a school year. Mm. Um, and I think I think we're all just back in the right place at the right time and we're ready to rock and roll, man. Yeah, um, and, and Brad, do you know that I play games other than bold action? See, I, I know I play games other than Bolt Action, and I know you play games other than Bolt Action, but I don't think many other people know that you play games that isn't Bolt Action. And, and I think what it's, um, you know, whilst we want to keep the Ghost Army podcast, you know, Bolt Action pure, Amen. if that's a right term. It is. Um, you know, I think the, the Cast Dice podcast really allows us, Brad, to, you know, to come onto your show and we can talk about some of our other interests, like personally... I, I have some other interests I really love. Um, mm-hmm. I love Kings of War, and this podcast is not about that. But I've somehow managed, whilst I've been uh, playing and uh, you know painting bold action figures, to paint like four full armies for Kings of War. Um, and, and I even went into an event recently. Um, but you know, we're not about that. We we like other games, and it's just an opportunity to uh, to have a bit of a, a, a natter to you and, and talk mm-hmm. to the community about some of the other games that we play. But this is about bold action. That's right. And the events that we've been playing in and the games that we're playing and the armies that yes. we are passionately creating. Um, I, man, I've been, on, I've been on a hobby bonanza recently, but mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I always have the mic. So I'm going to take a break here, okay. and I'm going to hand you the mic, and I'm going to say, brother, tell us what you've been up to. Yes, Brad, the, the list is long and distinguished. I've, I've been doing a lot of hobby. Um, look, actually, it's probably just been maintaining um, my standard level of hobby, which yeah. is pretty intense. Um, you know, for those that listen, I, hobby forms such a large part of my life. It's an everyday thing. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people don't do it, but for me, um, it actually forms really part of my sense of well-being and, mm-hmm. and um it forms like a yoga, probably it stimulates the same parts of the brain. I don't really know. I don't understand that stuff, but I feel good when I do it. 
mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I do it every day, um, sometimes twice a day, sometimes in the morning before the kids get up and sometimes, you know, in the mostly in the evenings after the kids have been in bed. I like to do an hour and a half or two hours whilst watching a bit of Netflix with my wife or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that. So anyway, look, I always do hobbies, so therefore I just seem to generate a lot of things. But let's talk about a couple of things that I've done recently. Hold on. Just for and- those of you who may not be aware of Patch's ability to create armies out of thin air, um, He's 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 downplaying the fact that literally he paints an entire army in a matter of weeks to, you know, award winning standard. Um, and I think I think you really are underselling it. You've talked about in, in prior podcasts how you really do just spend a couple of hours a day. But you make yeah. the most of those hours. You have your space set right. up. You're ready to go. You don't, um, you know mess around you don't start looking at magazines or start looking at your phone or you know watch the tv instead of painting you actually just sit down and you determinedly and doggedly paint and that's right yes i do yeah and so that when you say you generate things just sort of happen it it's it's you put the time in and you put the effort in and the things that come out are sensational um as someone who owns several armies that you painted um, they are some of the best armies I own, and I I am proud of my bolt action armies, and like they mm. are pride of place. And the fact that you would turn them around in a matter of weeks, and I'm talking like big armies, uh, I think it just speaks volumes of your commitment to it. So anyway, I, I know I'm sounding yes. like I'm blowing sunshine, but I really want the listeners to understand, if you don't know Patch, the man generates... I mean, you painted, what, hundreds of Kings of War miniatures in the last, what, since the beginning of the year? And on top of that, uh, a ton of bolt action stuff? Uh, uh, over four weeks, uh, I painted about 120 yeah, miniatures that, for it. That would take me more? five years. Maybe yeah. more? How many do I do? Mm, yeah, that includes, like, you know, five chariots and cavalry yes. and monsters. and Yeah, maybe maybe 120 or something. But look, let's talk about bolt action because... Yes, um. I, I, I'm going to be a real fanboy here. Do and it. Say that. Yep. And I'm going to say, uh, look, I've not always been a fanboy, to be honest, Brad. With some of the the miniatures that that Warlord Games have produced. In mm-hmm. fact, I have um, deliberately gone elsewhere at times. Um, you know, uh, and, and I'm I'm sorry to say that, but I have because I, I'm a fan of medals, and a few of the ranges that I had got um, didn't impress me as much as what I would have liked. However, mm-hmm. um, you know, they brought out an Australian range oh, recently. Yeah. It's their newest range. It's the most um, exciting, exciting range, I think. And I um, I jumped on them, and I picked up um, a squad of the commandos and two squads of the PN, uh, the um, Papuan Infantry Battalion mm-hmm. troops. So all up, um, that's 30 metal miniatures. And they are easily... The best metal miniatures in 28mm I have painted. They surpass, in my opinion, Artisan, who was my most favourite. Uh, and they surpassed anything else on the market. And I'm willing to, to you know, having painted as many miniatures as I have, um, which I think at this stage is somewhere around 20 bolt-action armies, yeah. I'm happy to say that they are my favourite um, and highest quality miniatures that I've seen. Now, those 30 miniatures are painted up in, in a week. And um, I just love them. They just come out so well. I really spent the time on them. And um, 
I, you know, it's been a cat. I, I did them in a week, but I spent the time on them. Anyway, yeah. you, you get it. I do. And, um, and I really impressed with how they turned out. So I'm happy to say that, um, you know, I'm building up an army around that. And over time, I've got plans. I've got a couple of mortar teams. I've got some officer teams. I've got mm-hmm. some artillery. Oh, I haven't got artillery yet, but I've got some other snipers, I think, to build up and paint. Now, you and had, you had an Australian army already, didn't you? Have, I did, are you yeah, adding yeah. to it? or No. No, I, I moved that army on mm-hmm. um, to a very good friend of mine, Eden, mm-hmm. uh, for, funnily enough, a Kings of War force but, um, <laughs> to paint. Um, but the thing is that I wanted to start again because mm-hmm. my skill set has improved. And um, with that, it's also a new palette with these whole brand new amazing miniatures. Um, so my previous army was a bit of a mixed mash of different manufacturers. Yeah. Um, and whilst it, I was really happy with it, I wanted an ability, and, and I'm sure every every painter out, well, just about everyone in the hobby has an army where they finished it, they've moved on, and then they look back at that army and go, do you know what? If I did that again, I would do it better. Yeah. So this is an opportunity for me to start an army again from scratch, um, all painting it to the best quality that I can, um, using all the the skills that I've learned um, since I painted that one, which was about three years ago. Yeah, man. Yes. I there's a few armies out there that I feel the same way about, but um, just looking at your the new stuff, it, it just it's so good. And I think, mm. as you say, just you're being able to sit down and spend the time on it, as you said, and having the models just have that detail just speaks volumes. Now, you also helped playtest slash write the Australian rules themselves. So this is this is kind of a personal project for you. Absolutely, it is. Yep, absolutely. This is something that you know, um, is, has a lot of, uh, I guess, meaning for me behind this one because I did, you know, play my part, however small, in the, um, you know, Papua New Guinea book. So in the New Guinea book, it's it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, so, yeah, so that army I'm going to, the, the whole thing behind this army is I want to challenge my ultimate nemesis, my unicorn, um, at, a, at an event where, you know, best painted is up for grabs yep and um we know we're all talking about you know a very good friend of ours brian who is just who is just the uh everyone who, who is listening to this should be aware of brian and just his ability to create um magic with a paintbrush so you know I, i've always felt that that he's someone in a very positive way i, I aim to emulate and then improve on yeah, um, it, it's what drives me, and um, and we actually feed off each other so much. And it's it's no, it's not a competition. It's hey Brian, look what I did. I did something new, and he's like, oh man, that's excellent. I'll try that, and then he'll go, hey, check this out, man. I did this thing. Yeah, we're like, I'm going to give that a go. Um, so we we feed off each other, and and that's a great way for us to to get better at what we do. But I've like mm-hmm. decided that this Australian force is going to be a force that I want to challenge him. Um, and leave it up to the community to say which one they think is uh, better presented. <laughs> oh, um, so I'm, I'm aiming for sort of later in the year or maybe even CanCon next year. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. I can't wait to see that army done because just the few units that you've done, which you can see the pictures of on the Bolt Action Alliance page, are so yep. good. 
Yeah, pretty happy. So the other thing I've been doing, Brad, is is just you know amongst other things is is I got um got given a few sort of choice figurines miniatures from Stoessi's Heroes. Yes. Uh, have you heard of these guys? I have. They have some awesome individual character models that you can add to existing armies or do dioramas with and that sort of thing. Their stuff's really cool because they have you know some one off wacky figures um of either yeah. historical or fictional historical. Um, you know, miniatures that are just, mm-hmm. they're just great. Um, and I, oh. I, I'm not going to spoil the ones you just painted, but they're my dad's favorites. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. so go ahead. <laughs> so well, here's the thing is that um, I, I got, I, I got sort of given a, a couple to look at and paint and um, well, of course, how could I resist Colonel Clink and Sergeant mm-hmm. Schultz from Hogan's Heroes? I know nothing. So good. They're so representative of the characters in that show, and, and I really did my best to try and paint them up. And I think they came out came out pretty well. Yeah. And the readers would be, or listeners would be happy to know they fit in perfectly, size wise, scale wise. You can just add them in. And who wouldn't want, you know, Colonel Clink and Sergeant Schultz in their German force? Yeah, man. I, look- I mean, come on. How good is that? Yeah, you beat me to my next question because I have a massive, actually I actually have three German armies and I was looking at it going, I wonder how those scale. So, so they're a little bit, if you, if you want to sort of get down to the nitty gritty, right, they're a little bit more, um, you know, less of the artisan monster hands. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know, artisan is deliberately exaggeration. It's deliberately exaggerates the head and the the hands and stuff, and it's and it becomes like almost a cartoony thing, which I really love. Mm. Well, well, Stoessi's heroes guys are a bit more in scale, but they still fit perfectly well next to anything that we've got. Um, whether it be Warlord, Artisan, Crusader, you name it, um, they're all really good. So, and the other one I did, um, other one I got was was um, Mr. Sterling, the um, yes founding, you know, officer of the uh, Special Air Service. I understand, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, heavily involved in various things. So I've uh, I painted him up, and it was a cracking good miniature. Um, the only thing is, I don't have an LRDG force anymore. Yeah. Someone in Sweden has that. Those darn Swedes. Well, hey, um, that army seemed to make the rounds because I seem to remember you getting those miniatures from somewhere, and I can't quite remember where. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jacob, in you know, in in Sweden, has been the recipient of a, a number of my armies. He's actually got that that full LRDG force, mm-hmm. and he's also got a uh, a rather large early war Russian force. I I mm-hmm. built and painted. So, if anyone's in Sweden, reach out to Jacob because he's probably keen as mustard for a game. If he could ever get through the snow. Yeah, man. Because it's deep. Mm. So that's what I've been up to, Brad. Tell me about yourself. You, I know you've been hobbying. Yeah, man. I've been on I've been on a little bit of a, a hobby bonanza. Uh, so I was I've been doing a master's for the last three years, as many, many of you know, and I finished at the end of the last school year. Um, but I was really burnt out, um, sort of on life and on everything. Uh, and I really needed a holiday. And then the Australian school year ends at Christmas time and restarts, uh, the first of February. So I had pretty much the entirety of January to, you know, really just get my head right. And I started by painting some bits and pieces for a variety of games, um, and some terrain for an upcoming science fiction game. And that got me really keen to 
to paint some 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 vehicles. And so um, I had some 3D prints of some G- classic G.I. Joe vehicles that um, I just started painting up. Uh, I might do a tank war game using bolt action rules with our good friend Peter West. Um, but then I also started, I, I looked at this pile of half-finished projects that I own. Uh, and I just said, you know what, I, I need to do something about that. Uh, and so I, I started grabbing things that I was keen about and started finishing them. Uh, and in the process, uh, I reacquired an old half-finished army that I'd sold on um, years ago when my master's was starting up, um, which was an Auto-Sahariana army. I'm talking about, you know, the old LRDG. The, uh, the Auto-Sahariana, of course, was the Italian sort of counterpart to that. Uh, rather than raiding behind enemy lines, though, they sort of stayed behind their own lines and hunted down LRDG jeeps and uh, raiding forces. And they were structured very similarly. It was Italian trucks with um, very, you know, the same sort of weapons, auto cannons, sort of light auto cannons, light AT guns, machine guns, all of the things that an LRDG force would have. These guys generally had, except they did it in vehicles that were, in my opinion, <clears throat> cooler looking. Um, and I'm really, I mean, I've been passionate about those vehicles and that army for a really long time. And to be able to reacquire it, um, it was just a, it was a really, it was a really nice start to 2018. Um, and I just sat down and committed to the first bolt action event that was coming up this year. Uh, Tristan from the Bacon Burgers podcast uh, decided to run an event called Operation Heavy. Um, and I took it as an opportunity because it was a 1300 point event, um, which would sort of, you know, give me some points to play around with. Uh, I asked him if I could run a, a, an armored platoon and he agreed knowing what I would take. He said, if, if I turned in my arm and he thought it was appropriate and wasn't overpowered, um, he handed it back and said, are you sure this isn't, you know, he said, this is super themey and great, but you know, the, the point of the event was that it was a tank platoon event or not a tank platoon, but a tank event. People were bringing big tanks and my heaviest vehicle was a soft skin. Uh, in fact, I had a lot of soft skins, and I uh, I took it and played this last weekend, um, and I used that as my opportunity to get a force done. Um, I've really been playing a lot of fun-friendly games recently, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but one of the things that I miss about events playing is the opportunity it gives me to force myself to get an army done. Um I am an adult with attention deficit disorder. I know people make jokes about it. I was one of the original, um, you know, ADHD kids in the 80s. Uh, and, I, you know, I have strategies to get through that in regular life. But um, when it comes to the shiny castle syndrome of, ooh, ooh, a new toy, ooh, a new army, ooh, uh, like my impulsivity is incredibly high. Um, and I know that that's, that's a thing that most gamers deal with anyway. But um, I really find that if I have something to paint to, I do... A, a, a better job, and B, I get things done. Um, and I'm, mm. I'm pleased to say that I got everything but the final skin highlights on the army finished um, because I knew that given some heavy wear during play, things would chip, and they did. Uh, and so the army's now finished, quote-unquote, and in the glass case. Um, but the next time I, I have a school holiday, I'm going to pull it out and do those last highlights. Right, Sorry, I'll jump in there for a second, mate. Please. And just sort of ask you a question, like, you know, I get 
I get immense satisfaction, right, mm-hmm. from completing an army yes. and putting it to the side. Given what you just sort of were, were, were referring to there, you talk to us about how you feel, cause, you know, um, in the context of what you're saying when you complete an army. Well, my I, as Patch knows, and as many of you know, I have, I think, eight or nine fully painted bolt-action armies at this point. And I mean fully painted. Um, when I say fully painted, I mean I have a, a thousand points at least fully ready to go. Um, when I go to play a mate, I'll open my case, pull out um, models, put them down, usually make an army on the spot. Um, I, I really don't necessarily list um, anymore because it usually took me to dark places of, you know, trying to min-max, not min-max, but, you know, find the efficiencies and things. And I was just like, you know what, I just want to enjoy the hobby. Um, and so I have a lot of these finished armies, um, but I really, in recent years, have, because I didn't have much time and I couldn't get things done, I would find a vehicle that I really wanted to paint that I could add mm-hmm. to my army or a squad. Um, and I would just take that and I would paint it, and that became my satisfaction, um, was getting sure, those yeah, little... So, yep. Eat the easy to grab fruit, um, but I'm really excited that this is, uh, for me, this is a, the first quote unquote new army I've had, and I can't tell you how long. Um, and it's just, mm. it's just really exciting to put down. Um, and I'm now that I'm quote unquote free of my masters, and I have more free time um, besides doing a lot more podcasts. Um, I have just bought my first full army um, that I... So I know that there's a lot of great stuff coming out for Bolt Action, and I'm sort of getting ahead of the curve because I'm a slow painter. Um, And I've bought a Soviet naval army um, from Warlord. Um, At this point, I have 85 models, um, and the list is growing. And I'm hoping to do a Soviet... Foot horde, uh, I guess, um, except I really want to do the Black Death. I had an army in version one, and I was super passionate Ugh. about it. I did a ton of research about it, had everything ready. I even built it and primed it and based it even. Um, but the, 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 the tough fighter thing just, it gave me such an unpleasant taste in my mouth. And I, you know, I got really uppity about it. I admit it. Um, and I just, I didn't want to be the guy who played with the tough fighter army. And so I sold it, ironically, to Brian Cook, who has it now. Um, and I really missed it now that second editions come, and it sort of put Tough Fighter back into line, so to speak. Like it's not awful Absolutely. anymore. Absolutely. Um, it's reasonable, I think. And so I, I, I had this moment of, oh, I can take the Black Death now, um, which I mean, I could have before. And I know that I was setting a limit on myself, uh, but now I can run my Black Death army and i the idea of an all black army um just really calls to me way back when um when i played 40k one of my armies was a black and black and sort of crimson piping mordian army so soldiers in sort of formal black dress walking around with rifles and i've always sort of kept that in the back of my head and wanted to recreate it um and i think this is the closest i'm going to get to it uh, and I'm just, yeah. I've done a test model. It's great. Um, I'm just waiting for the rest of the models to show up. And now that the auto Sahariana is done, I got a few more things to do terrain wise, but man, I'm so excited to, um, to get going. Yeah. I'm excited to, to join you on this journey, mate, because, um, 
you know, it is not an army that's commonly seen. So I look forward to it. So you touched on a, a couple of really interesting points, and um, which I think should probably, you know, pivot us into our next little bit of mm. discussion, which is um, we want to speak a little bit tonight about casual play versus tournament play. Yeah. Now, you know, you hit on a really interesting point there where you said I, I started min-maxing and going down this road, which I was not at all happy with. And um, I think that's a really good point that we, we should talk about. Um, if, it, you know, yeah. if, if yeah. I may, I kind of want to start and then I'll hand to you because there's something. Sure. So way back when the LRDG started, the original LRDG, not the two, and it was Dave of War, the Mouth of Madness, uh, Warlord Tobu and myself. And there was four of us, and we would run little events with just the four of us, um, and we would play a lot of games, and we would constantly list, and we'd constantly talk. Um, but we weren't sort of plugged into the wider community, and we sort of turned into a close-circuit arms race, where we started out, you know, running a tiger and, you know, really fluffy, cool things um, but then it was like, oh, I got this thing that'll beat that. Oh, I've got this thing that'll beat that. And so we were constantly ordering one more thing from Warlord or constantly, you know, figuring something out and going, ooh, I know how I can tweak my list to do this. Um, and in the end, by the time I got to playing in a more open community, people looked at my first list that I submitted um, to that first Moab where you and I met and they went, yeah. whoa, what's you, this? You've got an inexperienced Hetz of Flamer. It, well, that was the toned down list. The original mm. list that I turned in was a German list, and it was nasty. Um, but I didn't know any better. My, I thought my force was historically based. Um, I was building something that you know looked about right, um, and I'd done what I thought was you know some decent historical research. Um, turns out, literally half of what I'd researched was wrong um, because I was looking at the wrong websites. Um, and I didn't know, man, I was new. And thankfully the TO of that event, um, turned around and said, look, man, that's just not cool. Um, but he did so in, in a nice way. And I went, okay, well, can you help me out? And we had a chat and, um, I was pretty happy with the list I turned in. And then I started playing on the day and realized that once again, I brought a flame tank to a version one tournament and went, ah, I'm that guy. Um, and so over time, the the there was a disconnect between my local group of players and when I would play somewhere else. Um, so my local group of players, it was very what's efficient, what's good, quote unquote. What's you know, don't take the not good stuff. But then when I played in other events, I would try and balance that with theme, um, and it it, it mm. led to a, a CanCon, my last CanCon, where um, I, I won um, and I played one of my game group in that event. But I took a list that was hyper like i spent four weeks going over every point in that list and i don't think anyone could accuse me of that list being cheesy it was my uh, sikh army where i was running a lot of indian carriers in version one without the season rules um but it was very like i spent my life tuning that thing to the moon and then i played you know fairly aggressively with it and i wasn't happy with any of that experience which is one of the reasons why I haven't been back to CanCon since. I, I feel like I was an embarrassment. So, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, and mm. now I've really enjoyed the Masters, sort of forced me to reprioritize. And I, I, I think I'm ready to start playing again in a nice way. I like to play with 
armies that synergize, but where I, it's not just win at all costs, or I don't think it was ever win at all costs. Am I making sense? Go ahead, Tatch. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I'm rambling. Well, no, no. Well, well, let's, you know, we'll probably sort of, you know, um, use that as the basis for a bit of a, a discussion on, on, on perhaps the differences between, you know, a casual play scenario and, and an event play and, and how, you know, casual play in its definition could also involve that sort of um, local meta issue, which you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, how that interacts with a tournament or event play. Um, so why don't we go ahead and, and, and sort of define what we think is casual play or garage play or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, in my opinion, what that is, is it, it's generally um, a couple of mates getting together and having a game for fun. The outcome is not nearly as important as what the journey is, right? Yeah. Um, so it's about having lots of fun playing bolt action with a, a sort of a bit of an aim, of course, to win, but it's in such a good-natured way that if you don't win – it is perfectly fine yeah. because next time I'll get you gadget, you know, um, yes. and, and we have a bit of a laugh about it. Right. And, and in my opinion, casual play is all about coming to an agreement with your opponent before the game about what style of game you're going to play. Agreed. You know, is it going to be a fun, historical, fluffy type of game? Is it going to be, you know what you take your, your, your worst list. I'll take my worst list and we'll just go at each other, whatever it may be. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's, it's only, the game is is the vehicle. It's for hanging out and having fun. Agreed. Right? So that's sort of your casual play, and then yeah, that extends to, you know, maybe your your local games night down at your 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 game store or mm-hmm. your your club or something like that. There's nothing riding on the outcome, if that makes sense, right? Yes. And then and then let's define what we think event play or tournament play is, where there's this overarching thing, which is your results do mean something, right? So as soon as you start showing that bit of a flag where a victory or a loss in this particular game has an outcome which will affect how you're going to rank. Oh, my God, there's a ranking? Yeah. You know, I have to go well because we're all natural competitors, right? No one plays this game to lose. And you go, right, if there's going to be a ranking, I really want to do well. Which means that, okay, I'm probably going to refine my list because I don't really want to have crap in there that's going to get in the way and not be efficient because everyone else is going to be taking efficient lists. And, and I'm really, you know, I want to be competitive. And so, so effectively, you end up um, taking stronger lists than what you would in casual play. Well, hold on. Right? Just really quick. No one wants to bring a knife to a gunfight. So, I mean, there's that... You don't. No one likes to feel like they're being hard done by. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go, you want to put your best foot forward, and you want to yes. bring what's what you know. You'll be, it'll be fair. No one likes to feel like they're being, um, you know, had their face stomped in on a table. So exactly. you you bring what you think is appropriate. Um, or we'll, you do. We'll, yeah, or we'll prevent that feeling of being so, stomped. And, yeah, go ahead. And it's also a case that most events, Brad, are open events. So you could be facing anything from a 1939 Japanese list to a 1945, you know, fall of the Reich list. Um, and so you've got to try and, 
you know, think about that and what you're going to be facing. Whereas I played a game with a good friend of mine, Adam, last night, and it was a sea lion game. And, um, you know, his followers, Shimmy Yeager, were, were going to be invading my cricket pitch, you know, my cricket game. And so I had my home guard there. I spent eight minutes designing a list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That exactly. was, you know, yep. I've just gone, like I was at work, I was at lunchtime, I'm like, quick, I've got to, I haven't written a list yet, I've got to do something, I've only got a, I've only got like eight, ten minutes, so I quickly went, yep, 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 that looks good, I haven't used those in a while, mm-hmm. I'll just throw them together, and um, that was my list for the game, you know, there was not really much thought in it, um, I really wanted to give the armadillos a crack, so I gave them a crack, there was no real thought to the list except what I wanted to play. Yeah. And because I also knew the game was, was going to be relatively even balanced because he was going to be taking units that were, were relatively the same, you know? Um, and so that's sort of your casual play. And I think um, for me, having been, you know, I guess I can classify myself as a veteran in the bold action scene, having played it from the start, yeah. you kind of go in waves, I think, and, you, and it takes you some time to work out where your happy place is. And, and what I've figured is that whilst I love event play, I really, really love casual play. Yeah. That's my thing, you know, and, and that's uh, and, and those listeners would be aware I love my early war forces. And, you know, if you've got two minutes, let me tell you about why I think early war forces are hard done by. Sit down, <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you know, and um, – and so clearly, I love I love playing early war. It's where my it's where it's my thing, right? And so I get to play that without fear of having to go oh, another Panzer four, another veteran SS team, another mm-hmm. late war American. I don't know, you know, um, super super tank and move and fire and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, well, yeah. let's define the rules and let's let's play a bit of early war fun. Or if we're gonna play late war, let's play a bit of late war fun. Whatever. Um so you kind of have a lot of expectations knowing what it is that you're gonna face and uh, going into these casual games. Um so that's my thoughts. That's my happy place. I really love just getting together with mates because there's a secondary thing with this, Brad, which has nothing to do with the game itself. And I think it is that we all have very busy lives. Yes. And there's a thing which is called communication that we severely lack sometimes. Yeah. Because you're, whilst you're playing a game, you're communicating with someone. You're interacting with a another male who is, you know, at the same level and has the same interests of you. And... Um, you know, in my life, for example, I'm, you know, I deal with my work people and then I deal with my family and um, I love my family. I absolutely love my family. Um, but, you know, discussing who would win between Captain America and Superman, yeah. um, you know, is, is one thing. But then talking at, a, at, a, at an equal level to, to appear over a game of bold action is, is quite I don't. What's the word for it, man? It, it's quite. Um, it, it's fulfilling. I mean, it really it's fulfilling. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Is. So that's. Yep, and and it's a connection generally with a person who you like and know, um, and and you don't always get that at events. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a it's you control you control the environment with yeah. casual play, um, and, and you can't always do that with events. So I mean, what enough of me? I, I ramble. No, no, that was good. So there's a few things you said in there I want to talk about. So I, um, 
I, I, I always looked at Kim, sort of events as opportunities to be guaranteed a game. Be guaranteed a game against someone who has an army that is, you know, about the same size and is probably going to be a mission that will be pretty fair. Uh, and those are the missions I like to play. And so I got really excited. And just from years of competitive play, I loved to sit down in that environment. Who are you playing next? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, and, you know, to, 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 to interact with a community in that way was really, was really how I operated. Um, but then I sort of fell out of playing at all outside of um, just with friends occasionally because I, I literally just every time I was like, oh, I got an army, I, you know, got an event coming up. I have my army ready. My list is turned in. I paid and then I couldn't play. Um, and there was I mean, literally in the last three years, I think I paid for something like 12 events that I didn't play in. Um, and I don't mean just for bolt action. I mean, for Malifaux, um, I even, I, for Warhammer 40,000 event, like I tried all sorts of things and it just, I couldn't, and everything was done and ready. Just life got in the way and I couldn't do it. Um, and so I got my hobby in where I could. And that was painting when my brain was too fried to do any more studying and occasionally being able to grab a good friend and play. And I'm really lucky in that there's some fantastic gaming uh there's just a fantastic gaming culture in melbourne um and there's some great local stores that you can go and play casually um slash i can go you know have people over my house um and i've got just a lot of great friends um lee avery uh dave monroe uh of course the lrdg guys and there's and more um it's just guys who i've sat down with and played regularly with um, and just had wonderful games. Um, and then there's a whole other group of guys who are coming in too. Um, Muddy Funster, um, I mean, Dan, Pedro, all those guys. Uh, and that doesn't even include the Bacon Burgers crew. Um, all those guys as well. There's just so many good people to play. Um, and so I just got into, well, I don't have time to play in an event. I don't have time to, you know, really do anything i might have a few hours on this day is anyone free and ask around and usually someone is and you just sit down and it was just wonderful to unwind to talk shop um and to play games and when i'm playing games with guys like dave monroe and lee um dave monroe in particular um because we do a lot of conflict 47 slash bolt action and playing around with the rules between the two games it we will play and then mid-game we'll go what if this happened and we'll reset it and try it again and reset it and try it again just to get our heads around the mechanics. And it's just a really fun environment. You know, sure, we're trying to win. Sure, we're taking it seriously, but we have a laugh and it's a great time. Um, and yeah, you have an opportunity, like throw down a, a 1937 uh, Japanese army, my Japanese army against my 1937 Chinese army. Let's rack that up. Let's play that historical mm. game and and, and go. Brad, That's I great. Just, you know, one big thing and, and and you know, such an amazing part of this casual play is that you know, if you follow it, many people may follow it. The bold action page, you know, the one that's got like a million people who oh, yeah. are, who are part of it, right? And it's it's a constantly dissolving into this petty little crappy you know look how large my thing is compared to your thing and you know i know more than you know and this is a ridiculous thing and blah 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 right you know people get so wound up and they get so uptight and they just become 
internet rude and, and abusive and 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 i sit back and go wow you guys are holding on way too tight but anyway in casual play a lot of the stuff they argue about has no relevance whatsoever yeah. none yeah. you know i don't care what you're referring to because i'm playing with a good friend of mine we're playing a game we're never going to be into a situation where we're having that sort of rubbish about because if there's something there that we don't like, we change it, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? And I'll give you an example. You know, I, I have been such such a strong advocate for hatred around one-man turret. <laughs> like, I just hate it. Ah, I yeah. just, ah, please, if there's one thing that could change, change that. Most people, you know, you'd get onto the page and say, I don't like one-man turret, and, and 50 people will come on telling you how amazing one-man turret is and you should never change it, right? But we sort of went, you know what? I don't like one-man turret. It just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, why don't we play it so that I'm happy to roll a, a morale test, um, you know, to do an advance, but if I fail it, why don't I just add one to my scoring, you know, my shooting mark? Mm-hmm. If I'm starting at threes then I'll just be on fours because my commander is being a hurried rush shot because he's trying to, you know, do what I mean? Yeah. And it resolves all those issues, right? No one's got a problem with that because it's only a game between me and a friend perfectly um, allowed to do those types of things because that does not affect anyone around the world or anyone outside of our little two. That's an amazing thing about casual play, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, And you can get a lot out of it. The things that upset you the most, you know, the things that make people just – go i'm out i can't deal with this anymore i aren't there to deal with yeah you, you don't have result. you don't have to worry about overuse of um min maxed units of efficient efficient quote unquote efficient units um you know exactly. you can play what you want now to be fair i've played a few um casual games um in that you know weren't historical and we literally took out units and we're like you know what i'm gonna play with a bunch of the toys i haven't played with in a while um, and you go yep. and you go and again rules. Eh, it's it's a good time. Oh, you know. It's, and then you look at the two armies. Wow, these armies don't fit this table whatsoever. Again, yes. who cares? We're having a good time. Um, but I think there's something that I think there's something in the middle. I think there's somewhere in between. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate because I I'm fresh off of playing in uh, Tristan from the Bacon Burgers Operation Heavy on the weekend. And I had a blast. I had three fantastic games. Um, and one of them was against an army that, you know, I may not have been a massive fan of. Um, and I still had a great time. Um, I had, you know, it was set missions, um, but it was a really nice environment. And I think um, I think we talked about it on some episodes of the past in Cast Dice um, and possibly even Ghost Army. I believe it really does come down to tournament organizers really do need to go beyond throwing out a player pack and providing terrain and a place to play. Like the community around your event, you really need to help police it. So I'm running an event in a couple of weeks called Operation Wolf in Melbourne. Um, And I, I intentionally branded it as here is a beginner's friendly bolt action event. Please do not bring the filth. Um, bring things that'll be fun. Um, we'll be a lot of people learning the game at this event. It's only 900 points to, um, you know, help, uh, you know, open the entry window for more players. 
Um, come along, have a good time. This is an event where you can come and engage in the community as a whole. You want to come meet some new people who maybe play a game that you've been watching from the sidelines. And I'm shocked at how many people are coming out. I've actually sold yeah. out twice. Um, and now I'm, I'm about to sell out a third time and final time. So I'm looking at it going, I really want to make sure that everyone has a good time. Yeah, bro. There's there's so much that can, uh, so many positives that can be taken out of events, and and you know there have been periods in my, um, you know my last five years or so where the casual gaming just hasn't been an option for me. Yeah. I've had to, you know, I'm working long hours. I've got family commitments and trying to get three hours or so of a weeknight or weekend was just an impossibility. But I was able to to negotiate with my wife about, you know, being released for one or you know maybe two or three times a year yeah. for a weekend um and so the sacrifice would be okay look you know I, obviously i i don't have the time on a weekly or fortnightly or monthly basis but two or three times a year i, I can get away for a couple of days and mm-hmm. play in events um and, and so i so that was my thing and um you know i've, I've never been the uh, the ultra competitive person but uh, i've always wanted to do well, of course but um it, that's been an amazing vehicle for me to, to interrupt to get to know and to get you know five solid games in over a weekend um and, and there's so many positives i've met amazing people I, i've i've played armies that i've never seen before and probably would never have been associated with i've got to mm-hmm. you know interact and see things which i never would had i remained closed within my local you know casual gaming um environment agreed um, so there's a lot that can be taken for it, you know, for me, um, it's also, you know, yeah, I've seen some pretty, um, I've seen the nasty side of events as well. Yep. Uh, and I can see where it can go now. Now, thankfully within, in my, just in my opinion, I, I can't really speak for anyone else within the Australian community. We've always maintained a very good balance, um, you know, between a, a competitive environment and a, a good fun environment as well. Um, but that competitive edge is still there. So, you know, you just have to be aware of that when, when you enter into these types of things that if you want to take your, your nice fluffy list it may not go the best for you you know there has to be some you know some thought processes going into having a balanced list that can take on different armies which can take you away from what your your sort of casual gaming experience can um can give to you so you know but but it's a matter for the to to try and um try and balance all these types of things and keep you informed about what's going on and what the expectations are um so there's a lot of benefits and, and positives outcomes between the two styles of play you know casual and and competitive uh, or tournament play and, and i guess it's just a matter of what you want to get out of the game as well like mm-hmm. there are some people in the community brad who uh, are right that at that you know pointy end um yeah where they want to be super competitive. And, and I think that's a perfectly legitimate thing for them to do. It is. I mean, I mean that's yeah. how they enjoy the game. Uh, some of my absolute best friends uh, absolutely play bolt action to win. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And for a while I thought there was, and mm. I was not nice about it. And I've said this before previously, uh, and I feel like a real jerk uh, the way that I, you know, I, I, I guess I probably, was it? I, I preached in hellfire and brimstone that this was going to be the death of the game and you shouldn't do it and it's bad and 
Um, it made you a bad person, and it it didn't. I mean, we had different philosophies about it, and yeah, I think I've just mellowed out my old age, I guess. It, um, yeah, I, it, I think Brad, like you know, I've I've certainly you know our, our last episode on Cast Ice reflects my attitude at times, and I've certainly been a bit knee jerky and you know probably grossly unfair at times on people who have taken this you know who who, who live in that pointy end of mm-hmm. of competitive environments. Um, you know, the concern that I always have, though, is is with events in um, at least here in Australia is is maintaining that that balance between those nice casual gamers and those competitive things. And, and whenever you go to the extremes on either side of that, it affects the mean of the of the uh, in the feel of the event. So I think it's just all about being upfront. Mm-hmm. with what the expectations of the event will be. If it's going to be super competitive, it just needs to reflect that up front and be openly communicated. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so. Again, it comes down to um, the tournament organizer really setting the, the scene or setting the stage um, for the big day. Uh, I think it's if you are going to an event and the maybe the player pack hasn't really made that clear or if you're not sure, uh, I, I know from prior experiences being upfront and honest and asking the TO, Hey, um, this is kind of what I was thinking about taking. Um, can you, you know, what sort of turnout are you expecting? Um, what kind of playing, what kind of armies, you know, talk Mm. me through this. Um, and interestingly, I've had, I've having tons of friends from other game systems. Um, a lot of the new players that are coming to operation wolf, um, are friends of mine coming from other games and they've, almost to a T, almost every single one of them emailed me and asked me at one point, so what about this? What do you think about this? Mm. Um, is this outrageous? Um, or, hey, I'm really thinking, I'm really excited about this unit. Um, what goes well with that? Or is this historical? Or where can I find more information on this? And it's it's been really, it's been a great hobby moment for me. And it's really got my juices yeah. flowing again. And I'll be honest, man, um, having those conversations really got me thinking about my own hobby again and has led me down a few dark rabbit holes, um, one of them being the the Black Death, the Soviet naval troops that I bought, um, came out of me looking into a couple of old books um, and finding an army list I wrote um, that had a bunch of notes on where I can find more information on it because I was looking up information for someone else. Um, and, uh. and also I, I have another good friend of mine, um, Byron, my good Canadian friend, shout out, um, who was talking to me and he's bringing a Canadian army to Operation Wolf. And that got me looking at Canadian units and that in turn got me looking at Canadian vehicles. <sighs> and now I'm looking at Canadian trucks going, do I buy a new Canadian army only so I can have new trucks? Yeah, they, and I'm going. Oh, but I, I already have a British army. It would literally be a reskin of my um, Sikh army to a large degree, except with trucks instead of Indian carriers. And I'm sure I could just buy new trucks for my Sikh army, and it would be the same. But yeah, Canadians, man, and you just go. It it you know it gets it gets those juices flowing, and it really. I don't know. I I think I'm off topic from what you were saying, but it. <laughs> It just, it, but having that, getting those, you know, that inspiration going again, getting those juices flowing again has just been mm. wonderful for me. Um, it's really got me passionate about World War II and the Conflict 47 universe sure. as well on top of that. 
Um, look, I, just going back to something you said before, and I, re- I want to quickly talk about the weekend. Um, so I, I took, as I said, a list that I don't think was hugely competitive to an event that, I mean, it wasn't a punch-your-face-list li- event at all. Um, there was a few rough lists, um, but listing was very themed generally. Um, there were some fantastic armies on the day. I mean, just beautiful, um, well-themed armies all around. I think Tristan did a wonderful job of organizing that event and setting the stage um, because, I mean, the players came to have a good time. The prize support was set up beautifully. Everything was communicated well. The missions were laid out in advance sensibly Everyone knew what they were doing. There wasn't any confusion. Everything ran to time. It was great. And in the process, I got to run my army, my auto-Sahariana, that I hadn't played in literally three years. Um, And even then, I think I'd only played twice, maybe three times. Um, I got to put it down and really run it against three very different opponents on three extremely different tables. So I got to play on a desert table that had some walls and some buildings, but had, you know, one side was very open, one side was very dense terrain-wise against Americans. And so that was a very themey, fun game. Then I got to play on a bocage table against Marines with a bunch of Stuarts. Um, now, the problem with the bocage table is with fields and bocage everywhere, I couldn't drive my trucks anywhere. So that was a problem that my army had. Um, I was able to draw that game, thankfully. Um, by playing the mission. But then um, I got to my last game and I was playing in the jungles of Burma against uh, British Airborne. And you might go, that's weird. But it was great. And it was um, one of those missions, um, I forget what it is in second edition, what it's called, but it's um, it's the, the kill point mission. Meeting engagement? Oh, is that just, um, yeah, yeah, or No Man's Land or something like that? It might have been meeting engagement. Um, anyway, yeah. so... But it was it was a really tactical, strategic game against my old opponent Lee Avery, um, and it it really just reminded me of the games that I play with Lee. And we played the exact same way that we did in the event that we would on a weekend. We played seriously. We you know we played to win, um, and I think he and I are going back and forth at the moment. I think we're I think he's one up on me, but we keep I'm getting him, he gets me, I get him, he gets me. Um, but it's never about, oh, I'm going to smash your face, but it's, it's very much this, I'm going to try and beat you now and we're going to have some fun. Let's do it. And the last time I played him, I beat him using my 1937 Chinese, um, and my T26 piece of crap tank bullied his airborne into a corner. Whereas he, you know, took my auto Sahariana off in pretty good fashion, um, in that game and it was just it was nice to see that if you play the missions and you play bolt action you know knowing the rules you don't have to take a punch your face in list i was playing again i played a very aggressive list on the weekend and i drew and almost won that game Mm. and i think it's a it's an interesting point brad like um just in regards to the list because you know, I, I've got to be careful, I, I guess, in how I word this, but there are certainly, you know, some elements of the community who, who think um, the listing is not important at all. You know, a, a hard list, it, a, you know, it's such a dicey game and, you know, it's up to how good a general is, you know, um, as to what the outcome of the game will be. And, and, I, and I, I don't necessarily... <laughs> 
you know, agree with this. I think there's a balance to be made, Brad, yeah. like in, in how we do things. Like you can go extreme on either way. Um, you know, so if you, you can certainly stack the odds in your favor by taking a really punchy list. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, you know, the dice roll perhaps will will go even better for you um, should they succeed. Uh, so there's a bit of a you know difference of there. So so yes, you can you can still do very well in a game of bold action if you're a good general and luck is in your favour with a very standard generic type list. Yeah. You can also do exceptionally really well with a list that is peak is tweaked. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. I mean, my, to be fair, my, my list for the weekend was entirely based on history. And yes, it was a yeah, lot of things right. zipping around. Um, and sure, it was a lot of light auto cannons, which are great. But my mm. squads were, I had, what, three squads of eight veteran riflemen, riflemen, not SMG assault rifle, you know, yeah. dudes. Yeah. Um, my heaviest artillery piece was a light AT gun. Um, I had an ATR and a medium machine gun and people are like, Oh, you took a medium machine gun. Ha ha ha. And it was like the medium machine gun was one of the best units in my army. I actually got more done yeah. with that. I'm actually putting more machine guns in my armies because damn, that was great. Um, just setting they it up. They have such good reach, yeah. man. They got such good reach. The first, you know, the very first casualty in the game I played last night was caused by my inexperienced medium machine gun team reaching across 34 mm-hmm. inches of table through two picket fences and the Jaeger dude. <laughs> yep. Who, who would have thought that could ever have occurred? <laughs> Mind you, he got, he got taken out the very next turn, but he still got to do that. Well, that's the thing. And as something we used to say a lot, bolt action happens, man. You need to create the opportunities. You need to roll those dice. And sometimes Mm. I know people go, ah, you know, sixes on sixes and whatever. It really does pay in bolt action to occasionally roll those dice. Uh, In a couple of my games on the weekend, uh, my opponent was like, yeah, well, you know, six on six. I wonder what's going to happen. I, I wonder if I should shoot this other thing. No, nah, I kind of, this has to happen. I know it's worse odds, but we'll see what happens. And then he got six on six and really screwed me and went, oh my <sighs> God. And it happened. And you just go, yep, bolt action just happened. And I just, sure just... he could have gone for the easier target, but it wouldn't have been as good. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to try. And it happened yeah. in, I think all three of my games. And I started doing it too. Now, by no, it definitely didn't happen all the time or even most of the time. But man, yeah. bolt action delivers some days. I, I had this, I had this, you know, um, unfortunate series of events in the game I played last night, and, and the game ended sort of, you know, end of turn four. I'd been wiped out. Ooh. It was just one of those games, right? Yeah. And um, I sort of went, oh, I had this particular turn of events where, if you imagine this FJ units pushing up the, you know, my right-hand side of the table um, and, and it's, it's starting to threaten my, you know, objective that's down that side. I had a full squad, full 10-man squad of inexperienced guys hard up against cover protecting that flank. And I had two universal carriers with uh, a five-man regular squad inside of each, each with a, a an LMG. So anyway, here's this squad kind of in the open, you know, it moves up, it does some shooting, this FJ squad, and, you know, ends up taking out one or two of my inexperienced guys. And I was able to sort of go, right, I'm at you now because I've got all my units in the perfect position. So the inexperienced squad opens up on them and um, doesn't kill a thing. You know, I'm like, yep. oh, 
Uh, okay, that's all right because I've got these two other things in my pocket. So I brought a universal carrier up. It fires both its LMGs. So there's eight shots. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 I just killed one person. I'm like, oh, he's still got like seven veteran FJ left. Okay, no worries. I'm going to jump out my squad of uh, five men. So they jump out, hard up against cover, needing threes to hit, and they hit twice. Yep. And they don't kill anything. So I'm left there. You know, all my dudes are exposed. And I've managed to put two pins on a veteran or maybe three pins on a veteran Falsham Jaeger unit. That's just looking at me like, uh, you know what? You're gone. Yeah. <laughs> and the very next turn, he's just wiped everything out with yep. another squad around the corner. And I just went, I can't do anything anymore. You know, my yeah. dice just betrayed me yet again you betrayed me dice and uh but that's bolt action right it is you have to create the opportunities in bolt action and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't but i'd rather have the the pins and the dice order mechanic and you know some of that swinginess that maybe isn't always fair um, if we think about, you know, odds and whatnot, and I know some people go, ooh, bolt action, you know, I don't necessarily like it because, you know, it's swingy or it's cinematic and blah, blah, blah. But what I really, I, I, I tried to go back to playing you go, I go games, and I tried playing other games after playing bolt action for so long, and I just like, nah, this, this, is, this isn't as exciting. It just isn't, it doesn't grab me the way the bolt action does. And I know that some other games coming out um, you know, maybe quote unquote are borrowing some mechanics from bolt action as far as pulling units out um, and tightening up the you go, I go um, to make it more interesting. And I just think that when bolt action came out, there was very little like it. And I think that it really got ahead of itself. Um, and now a lot of people are, I mean, maybe not copying bolt action, but a lot of games are tightening up the turn so that people are interacting more often and they're interacting um, for shorter but quicker and more constantly so that players are more involved. Um, I think the old wargaming systems kind of have to bring it together if they're going to stay with yeah. games like Bolt Action. Um, and some of yeah, the other, I yeah, mean, so... a lot of the Warlord games have chits or dice or reach into a bag and pull out. And I love that about them because it really does make the game more interactive and more interesting. Now, Brad, I think we've probably, uh, you know, entertained or bored our, our <laughs> listeners enough for, for, for this, um, for this episode, because, mm-hmm. you know, it really is just about maybe poking our heads above the parapet again and saying, Hey, we're here. Um, and we're, we're going to be bringing you some really, really interesting things as the, as as the months come on now we're we're sort of anticipating a, a podcast released on a monthly brace, uh, basis brad is that correct that is correct so i've had a few people ask me already given that now i'm the host of the warlord official games podcast and the ghost army's coming back and i do the cast dice how it's all going to work so it's mm. it, the way I believe this system is going to work. I was doing the cast dice every week. Um, what that means is cast dice is probably going to drop back to every other week. Um, and once a month, you'll get the new Warlord podcast. And once a month, you'll get the new Ghost Army. Um, if yeah. there's more Ghost Army content that needs to be put out, uh, well, then that will probably be at the expense of a cast dice. And the cast dice will fill in uh, as we go. So that that's yeah. how I'm envisioning 
how things are going. Um, Cast Ice is, of course, my own personal little podcast that um, where I love having folks on. On the next episode, I will be speaking to Andy Singleton, and we will be talking about all kinds of games, um, bolt action right. included. So that's going to be cool. Um, but yeah, mm. I mean, there's so much good stuff coming with the Ghost Army and with Cast Dice and the Warlord cast. I just, I don't know where to begin. So Patch, uh, tell us what yeah. we can look forward to with the Ghost Army. Well, because Well, of course, we're going to be following Brian's special project. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is a really, and I, and I don't want to steal his thunder at all so you know i'd really like him to come on and introduce what he's doing and and what we're about and how we're going to you know uh, how um the members of the ghost army podcast and the board action alliance are going to be following his journey along by producing different armies and stuff to support Mm -hmm. it Uh, and then you know of course we've got our our special sort of correspondence in the u.s and we've got our friends everywhere else we want to try and bring in and have chats to and talk about what's been going on in the water communities. Um, so there's so much um, that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, but but for the moment, for the moment, Brad, why don't we, um, you know, close this episode off um, with a massive welcome back and thanks for listening. Um, what about yourself? Did you want to, you know, close off with anything? I do want to say, look, guys, um, this we're kind of looking at this as the rebirth of the Ghost Army podcast. I know it technically never died, um, and it just kind of went on hiatus. And we even did an episode at the end of last year, but it really is back and is going to be back with better content. We're going to bring back that historical content that folks always gave us great feedback about. We're going to talk about lists. We're going to talk about what we're planning um, and all the big projects and the fun about Bolt Action. Uh, but if you would like to give us feedback, and I understand that tonight was a little bit of Patch and I maybe, you know, having a, stretching our legs a little bit um, and getting back into the groove. But if you have some good feedback for us, you, you have some content you'd like us to do or you have something you desperately want to say about things that we've done tonight, uh, please message the Bolt Action Alliance on Facebook. Um, or if you're looking for me personally, you can find me under Cast Dice, C-A-S-T Dice. Um, also on Facebook, um, message either place. You will get Patch or myself, and we are happy to take on feedback. And we're really excited about the rebirth and the uh, the journey that the Ghost Army podcast is going to be going on in over the rest of 2018. And I'm just really excited about it. And I know uh, I know that Casey and Seamus and Brian also were very excited about coming on tonight, and just couldn't do it for this particular episode um, but we're hoping that at least some of them if not all of them are on the next one um, mm. yeah because lord knows the world's hearing my voice enough these days <clears throat> and, and I think mine as well but anyway yeah so stay safe and have fun